Welcome to Shelf Under Podcast, the Toronto Public Library podcast for readers, writers, and everyone practicing physical distancing. That's right, today we're bringing you a special mini-sode to give some recommendations for library resources you can access from home while library branches are closed due to the COVID-19 virus pandemic. My name is Christina, and today I'll be joined by my colleague Ted to talk about a couple of books and music available online from the library. We realize this is a difficult time and hope that our recommendations can help those seeking a distraction. Our thoughts are with everyone in the city, especially those keeping essential services running. Ted, it's so nice to have you on the show. We yes, rarely you. get to have you like talk. <laughs> yes, I'm on the other side of the microphone today. Yay. Um, how are things? Um, not too bad, all, all considered, I guess. Yeah. How about you? Okay. Um, actually, I read this article a couple of weeks ago about um, listening to music during stressful times. And it's really interesting because I find that I that's pretty much what I do and I find I either listen to um, my favorite albums or I find that I gravitate towards um, playing the piano and I don't know I just feel very comforted by that fact of listening to things that are familiar or things that can de-stress me I don't know does that make sense yeah absolutely I've, I've been doing the same sort of thing um, I've got a couple uh, favorites that I always turn to um, when I need to relax or, or um, soothe my mind, and and they've come in handy uh, for me personally in the in the recent times. So, um, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, do you find that you're listening to more like ambient music or like yeah, uplifting? There's, there's a bit of a mix, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely, I'm I'm tending, I'm leaning more towards the ambient. Um, electronic or or minimalist classical type music um lately i find it's both helpful in um reducing my own sort of anxieties but also if i'm working it's something that's nice to have on in the background to help focus Mm. what would you recommend i've got two recommendations that'll bundle into one because they fall into that category of introspective um music where you can sit and, and either listen to it and almost like a meditative experience, I'd say. These are both living composers. Um, the first one is Arvo Part, and he's an Estonian composer. He's 84 years old now. And interesting fact, I did not know, but he is the most performed living composer between 2011 and 2018. Oh, wow. So I don't know how many people are aware of his music, but he obviously it's being performed all over the world quite a lot. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. So I'm recommending these from the Naxos Music Library, which is available on the Toronto Public Library website. And we will, of course, can link to that. Um, But if you search for Naxos Music Library, you'll find that. Log in with your library card and then you can create a a personal account once you're, you're inside. I found the fastest way to do that is once you're logged in through your library card is to click on uh, favorites or playlist, one of those links. And that will take you to a page where you can create your your personal account to save those things. The first recommendation from Arvo Part is a CD called Tabula Raza. And 
there is a work called Fratris, um, which translates to brothers. He's made up apparently several different versions of it for different arrangements for different um, instruments. And there's two on this particular album. One is, is for violin and piano, uh, which is great. But my absolute favorite is uh, an arrangement for 12 celli. And it is just lovely to have on in the background. It's very ethereal or, or spacey sort of sounding. It's, yeah, one of my absolute favorites, and I always go back to this. And, and it's one of those ones that I like to listen to at the end of the day um, with the lights low and <laughs> just sort of <laughs> sit there and, and listen, let it wash over. Wow. Um, it's very the, dramatic. It, yeah. <laughs> the other one uh, is is from a composer named Max Richter. He created an album called Sleep, which is actually an eight-hour work. So it's almost like a, a living art piece as well. And it's based on sleeping. So the neuroscience of sleep and how music uh, interacts with, with the brain. And it's meant to be slept through, actually, he said. Um, oh, wow. So it's sort of like a sleep aid in, in a way. But seeing as some people might not want to commit eight hours, he created two versions at the same time that he released. Um, the one that is in Naxos is called From Sleep. And it's a one hour version of, of this eight hour total. Oh. So this might be the nap version. Um, and I, I like to listen to this one, as I said, like when I'm working or, or before I go to sleep, I find it does calm things down. Richter himself described this work as a personal lullaby for a frenetic world, a manifesto for a slower pace of existence. Ooh which I think is just perfect. Yeah. That's very, very, um, very apt. Agreed. That's really interesting because I've never um, been on Nax is Naxos. Naxos, yeah. Naxos. Um, but I had a quick look before this and it's it's got a quite the ca- uh, collection in there. Yeah, it's great. And um, we also do have Naxos jazz um which is the same thing but obviously their collection is focused on jazz so uh if you're into jazz you can look for naxos jazz as well awesome um on that note i thought i'd recommend a audiobook um or an e-audiobook m train by patty smith and this is my first encounter with patty smith which might sound crazy to some listeners, (laughs) but I'm actually not that familiar with any of her work. Um, A colleague had recommended um, Just Kids to me years ago, and I've been meaning to read and I haven't had a chance. And um, I've kind of steered away from audiobooks for some reason. And a friend had said, just give it a try. And I thought I might as well try a music one. And I came across M Train. And it is fantastic and it's patty smith herself reading it and it's pretty much about i guess kind of about her life in the period that she wasn't apparently um doing any performances she had just experienced quite a few losses um a good friend of hers and her husband and her brother so it's kind of 
going through her life and how she is still persistent in her own art. Yeah, it's really a powerful audiobook, but I would also recommend the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned this is your first experience with Patti Smith, but also with an audiobook. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know why I've been dismissive of audiobooks. I think it's because I'm such a an avid book reader. I need to read something or have something in my hand. So I wasn't used to this idea of, I guess, listening to discs for right. hours. <laughs> but it was it was very it was easy to listen in the background because I was just cleaning. So like podcasts mm-hmm. and music in general, like you just kind of put it on and then you're still doing you're multitasking. But there was something about this particular audiobook and I, I'm I'm sure all audiobooks do this is that it really I don't know it, it I had to pause a few times from what I was doing and really listen because she's such a powerful storyteller as well and her voice is just so enticing and you just want to I feel like she was in the room telling me the story <laughs> yeah that's what I've, I've listened to a few audiobooks and it's it's awesome when the author well not always but often it's awesome when the uh, author is is reading um depends i guess if they're a great reader but she is a performer so um Mm -hmm. it probably comes natural to her but uh, i can imagine that was that was a fun listen it was um yeah very very nice and i actually want to read like all her books now and like listen to her music oh that's great yeah um should i read an excerpt or no sure okay I believe in movement. I believe in that lighthearted balloon, the world. I believe in midnight and the hour of noon. But what what else do I believe in? Sometimes everything, sometimes nothing. It fluctuates like light flitting over a pond. I believe in life, which one day each of us shall lose. When we are young, we think we won't, that we are different. As a child, I thought I would never grow up, that I could will it so. And then I realized quite recently that I had crossed some line, unconsciously cloaked in the truth of my chronology. How did we get so damn old? I say to my joints, my iron-colored hair, now I'm older than my love, my departed friends. Perhaps I will live so long that the New York Public Library will be obliged to hand over the walking stick of Virginia Woolf. I would cherish for her and the stones in her pocket, but I would also keep on living, refusing to surrender my pen. I find her writing like very lyrical, I guess. Well, I guess she she writes too, so yeah. writes her music. Um, or actually, does she? I don't know. Actually, no. Uh, yeah, I think she is a singer songwriter. So I think she's doing. Uh, I mean, that's what they. That's what I've heard her described as. So I would assume okay. she's actually doing some of the writing. Yeah, and she describes this book as um, a roadmap to her life. And it, it really is. So it's a nice insight into her her years after um, her original book was, or if her first book was released. Great. So what's your next recommendation? Uh, I have another one from uh, Naxos. And this is a composer named Eric Whitaker. He's actually known more for his choral works. Um, mm-hmm. This is more of a symphonic, although there is a choir in it. I want to recommend this for a couple of reasons. One of them, um, there's a tie into space and I'm, I'm into space and, um, it's called deep field and it's I'm referring to the deep field image created by the Hubble space telescope. Ooh. So this was created, um, 
this image over a 10-day period in 1995, uh, and it shows nearly 3,000 distinct galaxies from a very, very small section of the sky. So it illustrates how vast the universe is. So the music kind of is grand and reflects this. So that's one reason it's kind of cool. The other thing that I thought was relevant to today is the choir that he does use, and, and Eric Whitaker sort of pioneered and, and did this. Um, this is the fifth iteration of his virtual choir. So cool. this virtual choir includes over 8,000 voices from uh, 120 different countries. So the way this works is he puts out a call, everybody submits a, a video YouTube type recording, and then they actually blend all of those together to, to create this, this choir. Wow, I, I can't imagine how he coordinated all that. And yeah, it. <laughs> it's quite, uh, and I imagine like, um, I've seen interviews with him talking about this and, you know, the process, the first time they did it was much different from compared to today because the technology has changed and improved and it's just gotten bigger and bigger from the sounds of it. Wow. So there's also a film that goes along with this and you can see it for free on the, on the internet. Um, I think it's on YouTube, but you can also go to deepfieldfilm.com I believe and you can watch it there so that takes images um, from the Hubble and as well I think a, a, a studio created some moving virtual space images and it shows you the vastness and the hugeness of space and brings you back to earth and that's when this virtual choir sort of comes up and you start seeing some of these faces from the from the people in this virtual choir superimposed it's so it sort of brings us back to um, being connected in this giant universe that we're in. Oh, wow, that sounds really cool. It's it's really neat to watch. It's it's only about um, twenty three minutes, twenty five, something like that. Okay. And you're speaking of that connectedness. The other book that I actually wanted to recommend is called "The Flyer Vault: 150 Years of Toronto Concert History" by Daniel Tate and Rob Bowman. And I came across this, I don't, actually, I don't know how I came across this book, but I originally, I think, came across his Instagram account uh, of the same name, um, The Flyer Vault. And this person was just posting flyers of old um, concerts um, from the city. And I think he would also go, I think he might have used the Toronto Public Library um, mm -hmm. archives to, not archives, uh, yeah, digital archives um, to go through like different, uh, I guess, I don't know, would you call them ads in newspapers for this? Yeah. I'm not really sure what he did, but um, but it was such a beautiful cross-section of seeing the, all the very important musical events that's happened in the city and what venues we used to have and um, what venues we've lost, I, I have to say, um, unfortunately. And it's really nice. And some of the flyers, I, I don't even remember like there being a venue there. And it was so interesting to see that history of the city. And I'm sure everyone is missing, you know, going to a concert. Absolutely. <laughs> and a, yeah. And this is such a nice way of like delving into that history of music in the city. Cool. Yeah. On that note, I wanted to, um, ask if there was a particular venue in the city that you're really looking forward to going back to once we're through this pandemic. I think, I think my all time favorite venue has to be the horseshoe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that place. It's, 
there's just so much history in there and mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's got i don't know i can't describe it it's just being there with you know with all these people and seeing a band you love and everyone's so into it it's like i can't imagine what that will look like after this is over like do people want to be near people anymore right and that actually kind of makes me i don't know sad i guess because <laughs> i feel like that i don't know that closeness is we feed off that energy and i'm sure you know bands and musicians feed off that energy too and we you know all of us feed off this energy and and not having that intimacy anymore is is I don't know. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's I think that's a good reason why I think it will come back because, um, yeah, with with music, I think people won't be able to help themselves. Hmm. Um, what venue would you want to go back to? First thing, this is over. <laughs> yeah, my my favorite is probably the Danforth Music Hall. There's not as much uh, oh. history there, I guess, as the Horseshoe, but um, I just really like that venue just because I've not been to a bad concert and I've been to some live podcasts there, and and it's it's. Just oh, been a great, a great venue. Yeah. Um, so you had a, a third, no, another recommendation. Um, I just, I did want to also share just because um, we're sharing some of the music um, resources. And this is a newer one um, for us called Medici.tv. And it's a collection of um, classical music concerts, operas, ballets. There's documentaries. Um, they also have these master classes with, um, top level professional, uh, musicians and, and conductors and the library has access to this and there's so many to recommend, but I would just say just to give opera a, a shout out to explore the magic flute by Mozart. I find that's a really good entry level. If you're not familiar with a lot of opera, it's a nice soft entry point and it's, it's entertaining. They've got a couple different performances on there. I, w- I watched one of them, which, um, was conducted by Simon Rattle and it was it was great so um I think the first opera I ever saw and we had to see it for class was Don Giovanni okay yeah (laughs) did you like it or no um I don't think opera's my thing yeah it's it's certainly not for everyone (laughs) it's different yeah it's not Um, my first choice either but uh, I do I do actually enjoy the Mozart operas so what are you going to listen to now Good question. Um, I don't know. I think I might just go into Naxos and um, see what they, they also have on their front on the landing page. They have, you know, recent releases and some recommendations. I might just jump into something, something brand new. How about you? I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> since I'm... you're new to Naxos to go in and. Uh, yeah, and explore a little explore bit. Explore a little I think, bit. Um, yeah, I was saying earlier how I went on to it really quickly and I discovered there's pop rock and Chinese music on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite vast. And I didn't mention it, but they do also have other resources on there. There's like a tab for for musicology and there's um, essays and, and opinion pieces and editorials and things like that too. So there's oh, there's more cool. content more than just to, to listen to. Oh, nice. Well, thank you so much for your recommendations, Ted. It was yeah. nice having you on the show. Yes, thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Christina Wong and Ted Belke work for the library. Music by Highs. 
Shelve Under Podcast is a Toronto Public Library production. It is produced by Wendy Banks, Jason Bazadian, Ted Belke, Michael Warner, and Christina Wong. With production assistance by George Panayotu.